said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from Adam made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, Flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she's taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they are both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. At this uh, time of year, there's indeed a lot of focus on relationship between men and women it's being lifted up it's being glorified it's being um, in, in almost to a degree where there's a, a, you've heard of FOMO a fear of missing out uh, there's almost a phoba a fear of being alone where you're made to feel that if you are alone that there's something wrong with you that you are less than and um, missing out. And people go to sometimes desperate lengths to avoid that uh, that fear. And in in this particular year, this is exaggerated as people are isolated. They are under restrictions. They are. Or some people are, are forced to, to keep socially distant. And the opportunities just for healthy interactions with family and friends are severely curtailed. God understands. God is sensitive to our deepest needs. And um, it's not a, enough to merely spiritualize it and say, well, you know, at least you can have a relationship with God. Um, that's obviously foundational and, and very important. We'll talk more about that. But if we look at the, the circumstances of Adam right now, he is in a perfect relationship with God. He, he walks and talks with God in the, in the garden. Everything is Good, literally God saying that it was good, it was good, it was very good. And then here is our first not good that we come across in the Bible, and that is that it's not good for a man to be alone. That's not the way uh, we are designed. And, you know, science is, has corroborated this uh, when we are uh, separated from, and we were not around other people we can trust, uh, then we, uh, we actually feel a level of stress 
maybe you're measuring your white blood cells, your inflammation levels, your um, uh, and there are studies where it actually is a predictor of, of death and disease. Uh, the level of, of loneliness that you might be feeling now, it's not always uh, physically being alone. You can be surrounded by people. And so a lot of it may be even in how much you're open to, to trusting and, and how you're thinking about it. But it is clearly something that is in our makeup and it's not a, a, it's something that God has designed and put there. It's not something wrong. This is before the fall. This is before disease. Um, that it was not good for man to be alone. Um, and God understands, as I said. God is sensitive to that. God knows our needs. God is desirous to, to help meet our needs. Ecclesiastes, if you keep moving, chapter 4, talks about this idea as well. So Ecclesiastes is the book after Proverbs. Uh, 
how, how it makes it meaningless when, when you work and you have, but there's no uh, residual benefit for anyone else, and how that, that is a, a vanity, uh, makes your work pointless. That, that actually when we're just for ourselves, we, we sense that emptiness, and there is, there is support in having more than one. We talk about you know, how you can, the, you can lift each other up if one falls and the other, and, and how you can uh, withstand. I, I remember uh, when I was first converted and, and uh, God pressed upon me, I can relate to uh, the story of Acts where the Apostle Paul was in Athens and he felt pressed upon to share uh, as he saw the city kind of totally um, given over idolatry and they're seeking in the midst of the lies and they're, they're, they're feeling very lost and grasping even the ultimate unknown God. I remember you know, feeling that same pressure as I was in uh, my small school and, and how the, through that you know, the Lord uh, made a relationship with Alan brother and myself. And um, it was the fact that two of us were there which was a real benefit, you know, as, as we were to sharing about the gospel, the word of God, you know, when one was, uh, was you know, speaking, the other person was listening and thinking, and, and we were far more effective as a team of two than we would be alone. And I, I can relate to this, this unity of, and, and the effectiveness of being more than one. But um, this isn't how it always works for us either. I guess we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. We, we, we talked about um, how we're designed for relationship, how we're designed for not only um, relationship with a spouse, but relationship and, and even a working relationship. Um, Moses had a, a very heavy burden on him. I'm going to read Exodus chapter 18 as he was kind of uh, having a visit from his. He, he was in the. He had led everyone out to the wilderness, and and he was the leader, but um, everyone kind of looked to him to resolve every single one of their small disputes. And when his father-in-law came uh, to visit him as he came to that part of the, the desert, he saw that this was not wise. Another instance of the word alone is we read Exodus 18, and we read verse 14, if you follow along. And Moses' father-in-law, it came to pass on the moral that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood by Moses from morning to evening. And when Moses' father saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? And Moses said to his father, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. And when they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another. I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy. The 
that are not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God will be with thee, for thou be thou for the people to God, or that thou mayest bring the cause of God, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way where they must walk, and the work they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all evil men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such as to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. So we see a, a danger. We see the danger of being alone in leadership, of being the one and only person that is between God and the people, and not sharing that, not equipping the people to uh, be able to know God's word on their own, not, not delegating and equipping uh, those to come after you to also People to mature to share that burden. Uh, I'm feeling this uh, even more sensitively as I'm kind of reading through um, uh, Solzhenitsyn's uh, Gulag uh, Archipelago, and you see how in coming days uh, the, the leadership are going to be targeted, and if if people are not able and equipped to feed themselves and to organize themselves and to to um, support each other, then once again we are vulnerable. That uh, you can cut off the head and the, uh, the smite the sh shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Um, and that's why what we shared this morning as an initiative to to try to really get the body of believers to communicate with one another, to support each other in prayer, to know and be aware of, of, of needs, and to work together is, I, I think, not just a, a optional thing that, you know, is a nice thing to have thing that, oh, the, the CFG, the young people, they're trying to do something new. I think it's important for us as a body, especially given the circumstances we're in right now where we unfortunately can't see each other face-to-face -face very frequently, that we need to be connected to each other. It's how God has designed us as a body. It's how we are designed as human beings. And God has placed us in uh, this body. And this body is supposed to be one that supports us. Not, not that it's all depending on you know one person like a Moses to, to make things happen, but that each of us needs to, and, and as we read on um, the, the parallel pa our passage in, in Numbers chapter 11, you know, as, as the, the other uh, leaders are being, they're going to be given the spirit of God. And they have that direct connection with God that we all need, and we are now a priesthood of believers. Uh, we, we are um, a we're not in an Old Testament model where 
we need to go uh, to any intermediate in order to hear from God. We have access to God's Word, and we have access to the Spirit of God. But, and it's, it's critical, it's vital that we build that relationship. But it's not for ourselves alone. It's not to be like the Ezekiel, the water that flowed and got stagnant in a marsh and was unable to flow to the healing that power. Um, we need to allow that water to flow through us in order to be truly healthy. So I want to encourage us to, to um, step outside of our, um, you know, we have probably filled up our schedules given that, you know, and I know certainly mine have, uh, have it seems even though we are at a time of COVID, you would think we have more time, that uh, there seems to be many more things that are, that are being asked to do. But I, I do want to encourage you to prioritize your connection with the body. Um, there's an interesting uh, psalm here, Psalm 68. Praises to his name, extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary, the lonely, in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in the dry land. God sees. He sees the needs of those who, who are, you know, in situations where they are being isolated, the fatherless, the widows, the lonely. As we're describing the character of God, that's kind of almost here the first things that are being said, that, that God is a God who is not... organization in this world will try to cultivate you know we want the, the healthy, the strong and we think of uh, you know, the Nazi Germany and how they you know, we, we want you know these strong healthy people and anyone who is weak and anyone who is you know, uh, less in some way is not able to contribute we, we find them, you know that they're a drain and you know, organizations, you know, IBM will try to, you know, we're going to have a ranking system and whoever is ranked below this, you know, we're going to try to get rid of them and we're trying to get the strongest. And there's this evolutionary survival of the fittest pressure. But that's not how God sees things. God, God's body is different than that. And that was a contrast from day one that God values, even as he tried to set up in the Old Testament, a system that 
that took care of widows, that provided for them, and in the, his body in the New Testament, even more so. Um, we see passages dedicated to you know, taking care of widows, you know, that first families need to do that, and then the church family needs to be a family to those who are without families, needs to provide for these things, because that's what God cares about. We see God looking down from heaven, riding him on the heavens, right? And, and, and as he's riding in glory and majesty, his heart is drawn to those who are alone, to those who are weak, to those who are isolated and without support. And he wants to bring them freedom, bring about those which are bound in chains. And if we are his hands and feet, if the same spirit flows through us, we will also be moved and care about what God cares about which is those who are weak. And the church was distinct from the Roman society and, and so on in that they took care of their, not only their own, but the weakness of society and many of the institutions that we have of hospitals and, and um, orphanages and, and, and all these benevolent, compassionate institutions came out of a Christian sensibility uh, throughout the ages because rather than take these babies and let them die on the rocks as was the Roman practice the Christians took in the foundlings and, 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 and saw value in everybody because that's how God sees people. God cares about everyone and no one is expendable uh, in his sight. He doesn't value by what you can do for him. He cares about each individual. It's not a utilitarian view. And it's the same in the church. That, that as God has set the solitary in families, this becomes the family. This becomes the place where those needs are met, where God can reach out and, and, and meet those needs. We read uh, Jesus challenging people who had to, you know, in, in those days, it, it was very divisive, as it may well be. And in coming days in this place, where, you know, identifying with Jesus was a point of division, even within families. And he said, uh, you know, but you need, you know, you may have to leave family and houses and lands no, but if you do have to leave our family and houses and lands, you will receive, he says, a hundredfold more in this life and much more in the life to come. So Jesus didn't say, well, if you leave and you're abandoned by your family, as you know, we see happening in Muslim countries today, right, you know, where it's, it's considered such a shame that they're rejected and even have honor, killing, bounty put on their heads. But it's not even um, that, you know, okay, you will have, uh, be part of God's family in eternity. And Jesus specifically says, you will see behind the more in this life and much more in the life to come. In other words, you know, God is going to provide a closeness in our relationship, in our brother and sister relationship that, um, 
we are going to be more family than our family.
things that will not only not satisfy, but will, will increase the brokenness and the pain and sin. You know, when we look at, you know, our prostitution and pornography, and, and then there's the whole boyfriend-girlfriend um, thing where, where, you know, you think, you know, this person really loves me, but there really isn't a sense of commitment there. There isn't a foundation there. And, and, and there's a string of broken hearts and, 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 and a sense of um, yeah, you, where you're not unable to trust and open your, your heart again. Because it's, this is not how God has designed things to, to you know, be some kind of Lego thing where we try this part and try that part. And it, that's not how God has designed it. He says, you leave your father and mother and cleave. You're, you're super glued together, and when you break that apart, there's parts of you that break off, and then there are scars that, that are, are not going to, to be the same. And so, again, this world's solution of these, you know, very easy-come, easy-go relationships uh, are, are causing more harm than good. And Yes, you know, God, when God provides, and as you seek Him first, because I really believe it was an inspirational song for me, that, it, that as we um, <clears throat> seek the Lord first, He's able to, to meet our needs. And as we Trust the Lord and do good, so shall we dwell in the land, and uh, so shall we be fed. And we see that that God does provide our needs. Sometimes it may be that God may provide a spouse, but it's not always the case. There are some, you know, we know in this, again, time of isolation, that reports of domestic abuse and, and, and violence are, are up that know, merely going even to a, a committed relationship without the Lord's blessing and guidance or you know, continuing that, you know, can end up being worse uh, than nothing. So, I'm asking that we lift up our heads from the, the siren call of the chocolates and roses and uh, the, the uh, Cupid and the, the thin veneer that the world puts on something that is actually very deep, very special, and designed by God, that we, we treat that with a holiness and with a respect that it deserves. Even, you know, as we might joke and make um, light of, you know, about this subject, it really is not giving its due reverence of God's design. But if we trust the Lord, He will be our needs. If we look at Jesus, and we look at Paul, and we look at the New Testament, we see that, yeah, there were those who were married, and uh, much instruction to the married and, and the, how to raise children and so on. But there were those who were single for God's glory. And Paul, you know, considered it even 
But as you seek the Lord in the state that you're in and you're not discontent, you find a greater fulfillment because you're not working for yourself. You're not this person Ecclesiastes talks about, the someone who builds up his empire and he's got stuff, but he's got no one to share it with, no one to, to give it to, and, and it feels a sense of futility in it all. Now we know in 1 Corinthians 15 that you know, we are encouraged to be steadfast, knowing that because our life extends beyond the grave, it's not just about here, and our relationships extend beyond that, that it's not going to be meaningless um, just want to uh, talk about loneliness and being alone are not the same thing. In fact, there are times that being alone can benefit you spiritually, can actually enhance your ability to. can read both also from, from Genesis as well as from Jesus how that is the case, right? Um, we, we read how uh, Jacob in, in Genesis 32, he was uh, left alone and then wrestled a man with him to the breaking of day. It was when he was alone that he wrestled with that angel and received that blessing. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel because as a prince he wrestled with God, and it was in that time of alone and wrestling with God that there was a transformation in his character from the deceptive one, the deceiver, the grasper, to one who became the prince who sought God first and was able to be uh, the, uh, the patriarch of, of Israel. Now, Jesus, of course, is our clear example, and there's multiple places where we can read that Jesus is walked with people. He's fed 5,000. Um, and what does he do? You know, he says, um, uh, looking at Matthew 14, 23, but there's a few others, right? And uh, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So this is now a sense of the word alone that is not a negative sense. This is actually a spiritual discipline of solitude and being able to say, I want to be with God. And I'm going to put aside even the distraction of human relationships in order to uh, to recharge and be energized with God. We hear that he did it um, in the evening, at night, and we read other places where he rose a great while before dawn and went by himself into the wilderness in order to, to pray. Even though, again, there was a crush, there was, there was people coming to the door, and there was healings and, and casting out of demons, but he needed, he did thrive on the energy of the people and of what he was accomplishing for God. He thrived on his relationship with God. That was the source of it all. So it did not all dry up. In fact, um, we can read here about Jesus' own words in John chapter 8. Um, he's being accused by the Pharisees and says, you judge after pledge, I judge no man, but yet if I judge, 
verse 16, my judgment is true, for I am not alone. I am the Father that sent me. And as we skip down a few verses to 29, he that sent me is with me, and the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Um, and we see that, that Jesus was not alone. He was not married, did not have children. He did not have some of the trappings of, of, of February 14th around him. But yet he was not alone because he was with the Father. And it was in that knowing that he was pleasing the Father that even in the face of rejection by the courts of the land, by the religious authorities of the land, of being, of being isolated, condemned, and judged, he did not feel alone. You know, we read about you know, Elijah in the Old Testament said, I am left alone. You know, everyone's rejected me even after this incredible miracle. But Jesus kept his eye on the fact of that spiritual reality, and that gave him strength and can give us strength that we are not alone. And as we get alone to connect with the Father, we know that we will never be alone. Matthew 28 tells us that you know, he will never leave us nor forsake us, you know, that to the end of the age that he is with us. Um, in John 16, 32, Jesus says that, uh, Behold, the hour come he now is come that ye shall be scattered. Every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. So here he is even being abandoned by the church, by the, the, the disciples, by those who were his religious um, family. He said that, uh, said to his family, you know, those are my mother and on those that, you know, obey the word. And, and yet even when they abandon him, all humans abandon him, says, yet I am not alone. Um, and uh, you know, the passage you've heard me meditate on many times because I think it's very deep and meaningful about how do we get there in John 12 24 uh, he's, he's facing the, the, the coming crucifixion and he says Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Except the corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. This is a negative alone. You see, some alone are positive, some are negative. This is scripture. This one's a negative one. This is a sense. Uh, just like that man in Ecclesiastes that was heaping up stuff and building an empire but had no one to give it to. Here's, here's you know, if you're going to uh, retain your sense of self-protection and, and not yield and submit to God, 
you're going to end up alone. You may end up alone in this life as maybe the consequences of selfishness or the consequences of, of, of the lack of the fruit of the Spirit and the grace in your relationships. Um, is maybe you know, shame and guilt and so on that uh, work their way to the surface. They can be covered for some time. Or you will be alone for eternity. You know, we, we, we Jesus talking about uh, hell more than anyone else. And he describes it not only the, the flame, but the, the darkness, the gnashing of teeth, the regret, the isolation, the sensory deprivation, and um, the sense of being alone. This is a choice. The choice of you is you love in your life and then, then you lose it. And you end up if you're pursuing, you're pursuing I want meaning, significance, legacy, connection on my terms. You end up losing those things. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hated his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If you're saying, I'm willing to give up position, significance, relationships, um, uh, power, and all these things in this life, control, pride, uh, then as you serve him and you follow him, because Jesus is normally the way, look, here I am. I'm on the cusp of giving it all up. I'm on the cusp of surrendering my life, my dignity, come naked on a cross, and I'm going to die in suffering and shame. Right? That, that's the path. Come follow me. Uh, and not not uh, your typical marketing strategy, but he's saying this is the way to life, keeping your life unto life eternal. With, with God, there is a relationship that is lasting and eternal. Things, even marriage, which we talked about saying being a beautiful thing created by God and, and as an image of God, Jesus says, you know what? That in heaven, people are not married. That's not a thing anymore. Um, we're, we're, we're beyond that in heaven. And, and, and we read that the description here of, of you know the Jerusalem coming down and how glorious it is and it says I saw no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb or the temple of it. The sea had no need of sun, neither moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You know, ultimately it, we will be undivided. We will get our desire if it's, you know, connection with God or lack of connection with God. Just thinking of that uh, Zion's Harp song, uh, which, which talks about, you know, and what more than all, um, there can uh, pleasure afford is ever to be in the sight of my Lord, right? Uh, their tears never fall, there never is night, there shine the bright stars of the heaven light, and what more than all there can pleasure afford is ever to dwell on the sight of my Lord. Right? That ultimate, the glory, that the 
connection that we seek, God is the fulfillment of. Yes, here is life. He's, he's sensitive and desires to fulfill your need for human connection. He's not saying that is not a real thing. And he's able to do it as we act, as his hands and feet, as we act as the conduit of his love. But if we seek only in this life to have connection, we will lose it for eternity. But if we're willing to seek God first and get that connection on God's terms, then it will endure for eternity. It will be a wholesome and beautiful, it will be a tree of life that continues to bring forth fruit. The last and alone, the first verse that God brought to my mind as I thought about this, where Jesus said, the answer said, is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. We want we want um, we have legitimate needs. But if we are willing to look beyond that, we're willing to look beyond um, and God, through Jesus, promises that you will never be alone. You will never feel isolated, insignificant, unloved, and disconnected. That's what he offers you. Please come and accept that on God's terms. This time, I, I would, this is also a time you would normally um, be uh, Enjoying it, and it was a year ago. It was incredible. You look at YouTube saying that that happened a year, only a year ago. That this stage was was filled with young people from all across uh, North America praising God. So I found a song there that I thought would be fitting that that these young people sang in 2016. I like to decide to just play that one.
working side. Test, test, can you hear me? I don't think so. Use the pulpit mic. Don't trust this. remind us to remember 
only the sick people remember to do the right things. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful you You saved us. We show, we saw you also with us. You promised you never leave us. Help us to remember when we are we feeling we are alone. You keep your word. You never forsake us. Do not like a man who sometimes changing what they say. We are asking to the young people, help them when they feel they need some company, they need job. Help them to Remember them, you know what they need. Give them to understand. When the time is coming, you will provide. Heavenly Father, we are remembering the sick brothers and sisters who are not able to came to the church, who are not able to go to the stores to buy some groceries. Visit them, your Holy Spirit. Give them comfort. Give them strength to be faithful until you keep them, you keep us in this earth. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time too. Because so many things is closed. So many things we can do. But we have a time to Lead on front of you to be close, to talk to you. Prepare yourself when the day is coming when every man has to front of your son Jesus Christ, who are judging for us. Heavenly Father, we are so many times before we are not really trust you when we are scared, when we are planning our way from our heart. Clean us 
heavenly Father, wholeheartedly to trust you. He so many times disappointed in this earth. How many times you have to call us to trust you? Help us, Heavenly Father. Your will be done. 